Welcome to the EMS on the Mountain podcast, a show for those interested in austere and wilderness medicine. This podcast provides insight into the unique aspects and challenges of bringing modern EMS into wilderness and austere environments. And welcome back to another episode of EMS on the Mountain. That's my uh, radio voice. How'd it go? And uh, since Mike's putting these up on the YouTubes, you can tell I have a face made for radio. <laughs> yeah, he does. So this is going to be part two in the uh, Gear We Use series. Part one was the, we'll just say personal stuff, mostly dealing with some clothing and layers. Today, the big episode, All right, Going to be backpacks, medical backpacks, medical bags, the stuff... I think most people who do this line of work, wilderness EMS, are most interested in. Nobody cares about rain jackets. I mean, they do a little bit, but they really like this kit. This is the this is the fun stuff. So just like your personal kit, a lot of this is going to come straight up down to your personal preferences, how you like to carry your stuff, the type of bags you like to use, your mission set, your operating environment, and the gear you actually need to be carrying. Right. So if you're a BLS provider. There might be a couple of nuanced differences between what you want to have or need to have vice an ALS provider. And depending on what agency you work with, there might be some other advanced gear you get to have and carry that some of us don't because we are working for broke government agencies. So first up, backpacks. All right. So when you're going to pick your backpack, two things, how much you need to carry and how far and in what environment you plan to be carrying that. Obviously, size is a big deal. You need to pick one that meets your needs, that will carry all of the things you need it to carry, and sometimes maybe a little bit more, and it needs to suit your operating environment. So with that said, you know some of the regular style, same standard civilian backpacking, especially the ultralight bags for the ultralight crowd. And I mean, when I say ultralight bags, I mean the ultralight bags. Those may not be your best choice for SAR operations. For largely the same reasons we talked about durability and outerwear for personal gear, it's durability, right? So some of those ultra light backpacks, though very light, do not have good suspensions for carrying heavier loads. And their material is not as durable as you may want it to be, depending on your environment. And of course, cost, always a factor. We're not going to talk about that any more than that. There are a boatload of great backpacks out there. There are, I can't even keep up with the number of manufacturers. It seems like every month I see in some sort of email or ad in my feeds for a new backpack made by some manufacturer I've never heard of before. Fortunately, there are a lot of European brands that are now starting to make their way into the US market. Some of those are good. Some of those are a little more robust than some of the American brands that are out there right now, but not necessarily. So with that big one and there will be a lot of pictures on our social media of a lot of the gear we carry. And you're going to find that the packs, especially the backpacks Mike and I are using, are in and of themselves not light, right? I think both of the packs we currently use, their empty weight is like five plus pounds. Yeah. I'm not um, sure mine's quite that much, but it's, it's at least four. Like it yeah. ain't light. Okay. Yeah. Four, four pounds yeah. and 12 ounces. Good job. Which heavy backpack. Right. So this is just, again, Sean's opinion refer back to uh, episode number one in the series 
We are not sponsored, nor do we endorse or condemn any manufacturer, blah, blah, blah. Well, we might condemn a couple of manufacturers just because they don't meet what we'll call minimum requirements to make good gear for this environment. Yeah, they're not bad people. It's just, yeah, might not be the most appropriate gear. And it comes down to that durability piece. But anyway, so a good sturdy Sarpak is probably going to be in and of itself heavy. That's a relative term, but it's not going to be a a 16-ounce backpack, you know, made out of silicone impregnated nylon, like super lightweight stuff, air mesh straps, very little padding or suspension. It's just, okay, it could, to be fair, it could, if that's your environment and you don't have to carry a lot of stuff, right? But for the most part, a SAR backpack is going to be, it's going to be more along the lines of a military style backpack, heavier nylons, beefier suspension systems, so designed to carry heavier loads over distance. So it is what it is. Size wise. It's probably worth note, and I'll just t- toss this in here now. It's probably worth yeah. note that uh, the kit that we are generally using, the stuff that you're going to hear us talking about, you're not going to find at an outdoor recreation store. These are purpose built mm. pieces of a kit. Even things like Conterra level stuff, which is a relatively well known name in, in rescue, that's going to be the stuff that we go to when we haven't found something better. Nah, that's not the right way to put it. Something better is not the right way. We've gone through a lot of Conterra equipment. It's good <laughs> equipment for what it is. It doesn't quite meet our mission set. The, the stuff we've found that fundamentally meets our mission set for where we are and what we do and the amount of stuff we have to carry depending on the need, we're looking at custom military style companies or companies that make very specific expedition grade, made for the Alps sort of equipment. And this isn't to say that anyone's equipment is good or bad. It's just that there hasn't quite been a, I don't know, here's a business opportunity for a company we wouldn't make any money on, but there isn't a real specifically purpose-built pack for somebody that has to carry medical equipment and personal equipment and potentially vertical equipment and be functional for 12 hours. The closest we've gotten to is expedition-grade equipment for alpine environments where you have to take your life on your back and it has to be durable. Yep. And that's really what's going to guide a lot of this discussion today, right? So... If your responses are, we'll call them short, four to six hours or less, in in a wilderness environment, that's really generally considered a short response, four to six hours. You're a BLS provider. Will a standard good quality day pack made by any number of manufacturers get you through it? Absolutely. You know, will it carry your BLS response kit? I know, a hard shell, soft shell, insulating layers, your water, some snacks. Yeah, most likely it's going to get you. You're going to have plenty of room. It'll be small, it'll be light, it'll be comfortable, perfect for you. Same with if you're an ALS provider. Mike and I, where we operate, we don't have, like, you know, the most technologically advanced thing we carry with us is a battery-operated fingertip pulse oximeter, mm-hmm. right? We don't have the Athena GTX WVSMs with us. Our agency can't afford those, so we don't have any. I'm not taking a Zole down trail with me. I'm never going to live that down. No, you won't. Because it was a LifePak 12 too, by the way. And if you've never carried yeah. one of those folks, it's not light. They're not light. To be nope. fair, it was a very short hike. And he <laughs> said, I'm going to do it just because this is the only opportunity I'm going to have to do it. And but anyway, it. Yeah. and he did it and he won't do it again. No. So ALS providers, you might have a few extra things, right? IV fluids, maybe some additional advanced airway supplies, etc. Or you may not. Right. So mission dictates what you've got. Can you get away with a good size day pack? Yeah, possibly. Again, it'll vary. The trick is, is if you go with the smaller packs, like I could put my medical kit 
in a smaller day pack size item. But then I run into the problem with where Mike and I are at. Can I then add my tech rescue kit to it? Can I add overnight bivouac equipment to it? Can I add additional insulating layers to it? Can I take extra things for the patient, right? If we know the patient's, you know, dehydrated or in a bad way or doesn't have any insulating layers with them, do I have enough room to pack stuff for my patient? And if your answer to that is no, and those are requirements for you, then you need to be looking at a new pack. So for Mike and I, and again, this is based on our experience. So this is what we're going to talk about primarily. If you've got questions or thoughts on something you use or want our opinions on stuff that your agency has purchased and you're carrying, et cetera, by all means, same thing, message us, shoot us emails. We'll be happy to get back with you. We'll answer anything you send us in as much detail as we think we can handle. So you have to be able to add mission-specific stuff, which is why Mike and I have both chosen essentially military-style backpacks that have some ability to expand, attach additional modules to, et cetera. We use, we use equipment that is larger than you would typically pack for a backpacking trip because we need to maintain modular, um, modularity. Modularity. That's the word I'm looking for. Like my pack, I know the one Sean was recently carrying, though he may have gone with something new, but typical pack right now is somewhere in the 4,500 to 6,500 cubic inch range, which is a pretty big backpack. It's not always full of stuff, but a small day pack isn't going to cut it with the stuff I need to carry. I think my new one, Mystery Ranch Mountain Ruck, is something around 6,000 cube. So it is, it is very large. Is it fully loaded at all times? The answer is no, absolutely not. But what this does allow me to do is, and we talked about this a little bit in our first episode, I don't have to have this walking yard sale appearance. The vast majority of my kit will all fit inside of it because I can expand side compression straps, et cetera. And I can keep everything contained within the pack itself. Yep. And it allows me to add, you know, tech rescue equipment, additional medical gear, additional warming layers, et cetera. Right. So. Yeah. Well, I've talked enough about that, but that is really the quintessential, like you need enough room to carry all the things and a day pack's not going to cut it. Yeah. So once you've picked out your bag or what you think is going to be your bag, and this is where buying gear from someplace that has a good return policy mm-hmm. is, is pretty important. You need to buy your bag. You need to load it up. And I would say you need to load it with whatever is going to be your most likely maximum load. And C, does it, A, carry all of it? B, does it carry it well? Were there any issues? You know, were there spots on it where seams look like they might tear out if you tried to put even one more thing in there? Does it carry well for you? You need to take it out on a hike. Do a few miles on it. Try to put it through, I won't say you can't really completely replicate a backcountry SAR response. You know, you don't want to just throw it on the ground, drag it across some rocks and do anything crazy with it. Because if it doesn't work out and you need to return it outside of a few places, you're not going to be able to do so. So, yeah, but you need to put it on just like if you were going out to buy a a backpack for multi-day backpacking trips. Like if you're going to go hike the Appalachian Trail, the Pacific Coast Trail, you don't want to just walk into... REI say that one looks cool. I like the colors and it looks like it might be big enough. Take it, load it up, and then find out your first five miles down the trail that you're going to die because it just doesn't carry well for you. Yep. Um, because these packs, I think we weighed out my pack last year and I think it's baseline sits right around 40 pounds, which isn't horribly heavy. But then when you added in a tech rescue kit and a couple other lighter items, it's up over now 50 pounds. Yep. Mine was- um, just slightly lighter, but yeah, it's all mission dependent. 
we have had to carry 60 plus pounds of equipment. That's not completely inconceivable. No. And that's the thing is, is you need to be able to carry it comfortably, right? Because as anybody who's ever worked in the backcountry knows, every trail that leads to your patient goes uphill. Every trail that leads on the evacuation from your patient to wherever you're taking them seems to also go uphill. Uphill. It's always uphill. Everything seems to go uphill and I hate it. It kills me, right? Yep. So your pack needs to be comfortable. You need to be able to carry it with comfort because this kind of goes back to personal gear stuff, right? Once you get to your patient, you need to be relatively fresh and able to then function and go right into patient care mode. If you get there and it takes you 15 minutes to drop your pack and then recover from your hike because your pack and the load and the weight carries just kicks your ass, you're wasting valuable patient care time. And for some patients, that could be a very, very big deal, right? So you need to have something that's going to allow you to carry comfortably so that when you get to your patient, you can drop your pack, give yourself a minute, maybe two, depending on the situation, right? Different patients have different needs. Get yourself mellowed out a bit. Maybe take off that sweaty layer, drop on down, say, hi, my name's Sean. I'm a paramedic. I'm here to help, right? I'm here to And get to work. But if you get there and you're in just tremendous pain because your backpack was terribly fitting and everything else, then you're going to need something different, right? Yep. Any other thoughts on just backpacks in general, Mike? I guess I'll rant a little bit about my feelings on strapping things to my backpack. In a traditional hiking environment, it is not uncommon for people to do things like put a jacket underneath the lid and just close the lid and let it hang to clip things that kind of dangle to the backpack that they might want, like their GPS, et cetera, et cetera. That works fine on a trail. The minute you get off trail, the minute you have to take your backpack off and drag it over a rock because somebody fell somewhere, the minute you have to clip it to, if we're in a vertical environment, you want to clip it below your waistline so that it is not pulling on your back as you're rappelling or climbing. All of those things come into play. Having things dingling and dangling outside of your pack is just a nightmare. Things get caught on trees, things get stuck in rocks. So if you're doing the SAR thing, it is my recommendation that you you have a backpack that's big enough to carry all the things. This is where load straps come in handy. You don't always have to fill the backpack, but it's kind of in conflict with the mantra. There's a long-standing mantra in backpacking that you only need a bag that's big enough for what you need because then if you have too much space, you will arbitrarily overfill it with things you don't necessarily need. That mantra absolutely holds true when I go hiking with family. I do not want anything hanging outside of my pack in the environment. It's just, it's bound to get caught on something. It's bound to get goo on it. My preference is to have a bag that's big enough to hold everything I need. So that includes my base layers, my warming layers, all of my medical equipment, any vertical equipment I'm bringing, food, water, stoves, right? All of these things come into play. And that's why we're looking at relatively large backpacks, even if it's only for a 12-hour event. Yeah. Because it's not a 12-hour hike, it's a 12-hour rescue. Yeah. It's like, And the only thing, like if you ever look at my kit, the only thing you're going to see that's exposed on the outside really is going to be closed cell phone pads, Mm -hmm. right? Just because, I mean, theoretically, my bag is big enough. I could roll those up and fit them inside. I just don't. Uh, And they don't go, they don't extend much farther past like my shoulders or the width of the backpack. So it's not really a hindrance, but that's, that's the only thing you're going to see hanging around just, and it's, it's 90% of it is up underneath the lid inside, especially with the new pack I've got up underneath there. And that's all that's going to be exposed. Yeah. It's for those of us who spend time outdoors and for the recreational folks that listen to us that aren't really too much into the medicine, just kind of enjoy this podcast because there are a couple of you. 
you've seen those guys walking down trail with just stuff clipped everywhere and you're wondering how in God's name they're doing that without losing half of it. And chances are they've lost some of it along the way. They just don't know it yet. They just don't know. Yep. Yeah. So you got to just, you got to watch out for that. It's something to consider. Like just because you've got compression straps and things on the outside doesn't mean those are the best way to carry certain pieces of kit. Like I know we have had to do that. Usually it's post-rescue when there's like a collapsible Stokes litter and that still has to get down the mountain. That's not going to fit inside my backpack. It will get strapped to the outside. Or if there's additional things were brought up for the patient, sleeping bags, bivy sacks, etc. Sometimes not all of that's going to be able to fit itself inside. Plus the personal kit I had with me. There are those instances where, yeah, you're going to need the ability to strap a few extra larger bulky items to the outside. But as a general rule of thumb, you should try to avoid that as often as you possibly can. Yep. All right. So I already mentioned right now, new pack for me. I've gone through, I don't know, like I said, I've got like eight backpacks that are in a pile for me to get rid of. You've gone through a lot of stuff. And that still leaves me with probably six backpacks in my little gear collection. So the new one, it's the Mystery Ranch Mountain Rock. It carries pretty well for me and it has a very large volume and essentially modern, a lot of modern backpackers wouldn't like it because it's just one large open cavernous pack body, right? There's no separation for a sleeping bag compartment. There's no little hidden pockets here and there. There's a couple, but really not many. And Mm. it's really one of the reasons I like it because all of my kit is modular, like extra cold weather stuff is already in a stuff sack or dry bag and it can just get tossed right in there my med bag just gets tossed right in there ropes and tech kit can just get tossed right in there and it all fits inside you close it all up and you cinch it down and off you go right it doesn't require a lot of thought it just i need to know what's in specific either stuff sacks or other bags and most of my stuff's all color-coded or marked and it's pretty easy to figure out so and it works it's a it's a decent segue into gear organization so I was just looking at that pack online. There's a possibility I'll have one ordered by the end of the day. I've been looking, <laughs> I've been looking to go back to something that is, I forget what they call it, a bucket style as opposed to an open zip. Uh, yeah. I currently have something that is a zip top. It's a, it's a chamber. It's a bucket style, but it's a zip top, not a lid driven. If you recall, Sean, the, the old Kifru pack I carried for years, that was part of the military line. Yeah. That yeah. Was just a big cavern. It's, this one looks very similar. Uh, that pack finally saw its best days. Um, <laughs> I had been using a pack, I forget the name of it, but it was a pack from Kifru from military equipment they made. Heck, it might have been Desert Storm time. No, it's not or, that old, but it's uh, um, early 2000s. I know, I know they were originally manufactured for yeah. purposes overseas in the sandbox. I love that term. It's so great. But it's just a big empty pouch with Molly on the outside that I would put a couple of external pockets on. The key thing here is I don't use my backpack and Sean doesn't use his backpack to organize our equipment. We don't use pockets in the pack to do it. We like the modularity of being able to have a stuff sack or a go bag of wet weather gear, of additional food, the little things, the nuggets. But we extensively use modular pockets and flexible pockets for all of our equipment inside of our backpack so that we can pick and pull, so to speak, for the mission. My vertical equipment, my harness, and my personal rigging equipment is in one pouch. Additional ropes and things are in rope bags that can be carried or put into a backpack. My cold weather gear is in one thing. In the last episode, we talked about how I always keep my long johns in a, in a thin upper layer available. That's in a specific pouch for that purpose that I know what it is, and it just lives in my pack there. All of the internal modular organization equipment I use, I try very hard 
to get silicone impregnated nylon or stuff sacks. I want all of it to be waterproof. I do not want to worry about moisture on the outside of my bag causing wetness of the equipment in my bag. And I am not a big fan of rain packs. Given the nature of the work we are doing, we will eventually Mm -hmm. be opening things and getting them out regardless of the weather at hand. So I'd like to keep everything dry as possible. That's why I use silicone impregnated nylon sacks. I do have some things that are in those mesh bags, but that's rare. Typically, I'm keeping everything dry Mm -hmm. uh, inside the pack and the pack itself can get soaked and I don't really care. Yep. Yeah, I'm basically the same way. Yeah, So the external pack covers or rain covers for backpacks, it's like, it's great. It'll keep your backpack dry, hiking around or sitting it on the ground. Problem is, is again, and this, a lot of it is very particular where Mike and I are at. Our packs get brushed up against rock all the time. There's, especially there's a couple of response areas where they, they just get drug along pretty rough granite faces and things. And they get torn up in those. And that pack cover is either A, going to get pulled off or just torn up and it's not going to last. So keeping everything waterproofed inside the bag is a much in our opinion, easier way to go because then, like I said, it doesn't matter. Like it starts raining and you didn't have that thing on. I don't have to stop hiking and then pull that thing out, put it on. I can just know that everything in my bag that is already in lightweight nylon dry bags is going to be fine and it's good to go. Yep. Anything that's not in one of those is something that can get wet and it doesn't matter, right? Like my, like a titanium cup. Okay. That doesn't need to be in a stuff sack. But it is because it goes with the stove and the whole cooking food and making hot wets for, there you go, hot wets. Can't believe I actually said that out loud. Making some hot beverages for your yep. patients or you, it's, it's in its own kit. So it's already organized, right? But, so that, that's kind of why we organize the way we do. It's just easier because, again, once you get on, on scene with your patient, you're going to be in and out of your pack potentially fairly often. Or you're going to ask people to get into your pack and get things for you. And it's good if you can say, hey... In there, you're going to see an orange stuff sack. Grab that, open it. This is what's inside it. Hand me item X or just yep. throw me that stuff sack. Yep. And off you go. Like anything else you want to talk about with this before we move on to our next little area? No, no, go for it. All right. So a lot of places, and I know this is what drove some of the uh, requests for this topic from a couple of listeners, is why don't you use some of the medical backpacks that are out there? And we're going to talk about a couple of different versions that are out there and a little bit of pros and cons with them and why we don't go with those particular things. And again, keep in mind, this is Mike and I's opinion based on how we operate and where we operate. Some of these things might be absolutely perfect for you. And if you use them and they're good for you, then we're not saying quit doing that. If it's working for you, by all means, keep doing that thing, right? So now we're into the med bags or med packs, just like your backpack or any other kit. You got to pick the right thing for you and your mission. Is it big enough? Does it carry what you need? And it, does it allow you to, we'll say, function at, at a high level, right? Meaning you don't have to yard sale your med bag to find the things you need to get, <laughs> right? And I've seen people do that, right? BLS, ALS, they've got some of these, some of them are very expensive medical bags. Mm-hmm. But the way they organize, they almost hide things from you. and. So people have to pull out all kinds of stuff just to find the one little thing they're looking for. And in my opinion, if you've got to do that, it's, it's a poorly designed bag. It might be a great general first aid kit for your family while camping. But as, a, as an EMS responder, it's probably not getting it done, right? So first thing we're going to talk about is 
standalone bags. This is how Mike and I organize our med kit. We don't use a medical backpack per se. We use a standalone medical bag that fits inside of our backpacks. Yep. Pros and cons to that. The con is I have two bags. The pro is also I have two bags. So again, some of the pros, right? So if I'm going, I've made it to where my patient's at and it looks like they've taken a fall. They're down in some space that really doesn't offer a lot of room. I might not want to be able to or have to take my entire backpack with me. Having just a standalone medical bag allows me to just grab it, clip it on, sling it, whatever. I have the option to do both. Get down into my patient and go to work. The particular bag I am also using allows me to, because I can wear it as a waist bag, you know, a fanny pack. I can get on rope with just this bag, be on rope, spin it to the front of me and work out of it while it's still clipped to my body while I'm on a rope. Yep. Now, obviously, if I'm fully vertical, that's a different issue. You shouldn't be doing a whole lot of patient care if you're in a truly full vertical environment. But if well, I'm having to be roped in for safety purposes, etc., I don't have to come off rope. I don't have to clip a backpack into a rope. I might not have space to work with it. But I can keep this bag on my person and do all of the things I need to do while it's still on me. So it's not going to fall. It's not going to go away. I can see everything and I can do work. Some of the cons, you could just say that oh, you have to carry two bags. Um, it requires you to have extra things. You're now carrying this, you're now carrying that. True, right? It is what it is. Mike, your thoughts on the standalone bag vice a purpose-built medical backpack? Well, so lots of thoughts. I currently hate the way the bag, we are. you like it. I think it's a Conterra. It is bag for most of our medical equipment. I like the fact that it is completely separate from everything else. I hate that bag itself. Like <laughs> the waist strap is fine. It still feels like I have to yard sale. To your earlier comment, it feels like it hides things from me, right? Um, I'm also thinking about getting a little more modular and having more immediate like bleeding control in one bag and then things like ALS supplies, fluids, medications, etc. in something different. I don't know. I think in the the time we've been doing this, I've gone through 87 different iterations of <laughs> medical bags. Um, yeah. I've not found anything that really jags my wires, so to speak. Yeah. The purpose-built ones, um, I will mention the, there are a lot of packs out there. Typically, you'll find them in the military arena that are purpose-built backpacks for medical treatment. And those are really, really focused on like PJs and mission-specific sort of things where you're going out to extricate and you're working in a team. I have tried a couple of them. I have found they are not that effective for our mission set. Not to sound all military-esque, but our mission is really about being completely self-sufficient as an individual provider. You and I often work together in a team, but it is not inconceivable. And it has often happened that there are two incidents going on at the same time. And you go as the medic to expedition rescue number one, and I go as the medic to expedition rescue number two. And if we're both out there for an extended period of time, we're working alone because we don't we don't work in a dedicated team. We are individual yeah. providers as part of a bigger system and we respond to the rescues as appropriate and break up our resources as appropriate, which means I cannot depend on you carrying all of the medical gear and I carry all the rescue gear per se, right? We've done that for known events that we have gone to, yeah. right? Where we have said at the trailhead, okay, Sean, you're going to carry all the medical gear, right? Roger, I'm going to bring all the vertical gear between the two of us, we have the stuffs, but we knew darn well that we were not spending 13 hours where we were. Correct. When we go on an event where it's an extended backcountry event, we have to 
bring all of our stuff. And those bags that are made for, typically they blow out, they have a foldable open pocket, there's Velcro pouches on the inside. They're really made for combat and response. Yep. Uh, they don't provide a lot of extra space for all of my snivel gear, my clothing, my stuff. I'd much rather get to a modular pouch model and then just pull the component out of my big bucket style backpack that I need for the for the event at hand. Yeah. Right. So that kind of leads us right into this discussion of purpose built, we'll call them medical backpacks. So these are backpacks that were designed for medical response. And we're only going to talk about a couple of them that are, and this is just Sean's personal opinion that seemed more appropriate to what we'll call backcountry SAR type responses. So Conterra, which is a pretty big popular name in the rescue and EMS community for making a bunch of bags and backpacks. So then we also make a series of backpacks that are designed for medical responders. And they have and they have a bunch in different sizes, right? So they have the crossbow, which is kind of like their smallest, basically a day pack size, which will allow you. And again, these their backpacks are made to be using their modular systems, just like just about everybody else's is too, right? So you could take this and organize it using a lot of their organizational kit and have a small amount of space for a couple of personal items. And that might be perfect. Like actually where Mike and I are at, they were and they still actually have several on hand, they were issuing these to some of the backcountry responders as their SAR response pack. Mm-hmm. It's a good bag. It's just small, something you keep them in. So if you're one of those responders that can use a day pack, maybe a good option for you. And then they have two versions called the Longbow. There's the Longbow Emergency Ops and Longbow Ranger, right? And basically it's just similar backpack, but they just go up to a medium and a larger size. And then the one that a lot of people are familiar with when it comes to backcountry response and Conterra backpacks is their ALS Extreme Pack, most commonly seen for most civilian agencies in the big bright yellow. This is a very large, from the outside, it looks like a very common civilian backpacking backpack. You know, it's got the wings that flop open on the side, a big horseshoe center zip so you can expose the entire central contents. Very popular. You can fit a whole bunch of stuff in it. The agency Mike and I work with also has these outfitted. Um, yep. There's one on the ambulance so that you could start down trail with it and have all of your standard BLS kit to include an O2 bottle. There have several staged throughout the response area with other personnel as a primary backcountry response bag. They were trying to standardize this for all of their personnel. It didn't really catch on. Some people were very resistant to the bag itself. Some just didn't want to have to carry all of the things in the bag. It is what it is. The problem with this bag is, and this kind of is the problem with a lot of them, I guess we'll just talk about the rest of these bags first, and then we'll talk about why some of these don't work necessarily well for for everyone. And so those are your general ones from Conterra. Like I said, they're all very good backpacks. They're made well. They're purpose-built for medical response. Some have different features than others, like some are made to hold skis and things like that for ski patrollers, et cetera, right? So there's some good features in them. And if that bag suits you, and you've got one, you like it, you love it, absolutely keep on using it. I think, Mike, you own an ALS Extreme backpack, or at least you used to. I we played with it a little bit. Probably, yeah. Um, it didn't really crush it for me. Yeah. So next on the list, Mystery Ranch. And if you're, if you're anybody in the know, then you know Mystery Ranch makes some absolutely fantastic backpacks, both for the civilian and we'll say the government military communities. Mm-hmm. And the one we're going to talk about is their RATS, their Rapid Assault Trauma System. 
right? So this was designed for the military. It's a fairly large in terms of medical backpacks for what it is, right? But it was designed specifically for military combat medics. It's modular. It's got some organizational pouches that are attached by Velcro so you could pull out a bleeding module and toss it to somebody or whatever. They're good. You can organize them extremely well. They carry well. There's really no downside to that backpack other than cost, which is really a downside to all of them. Yeah. Because most of them are fairly expensive, right? The problem with the rats is it carries your your trauma or your medical gear. That's what it carries. It doesn't carry anything else. If you wanted to put a raincoat and an insulating layer with it, it's one of those things you're going to have to roll up and strap to it somewhere, right? It doesn't have, we'll say, any capacity or pockets for you to put a significant amount of personal kit into. So if you're one of those agencies and you're going to ride in on your ATV, hop out, quick hike down trail, there's my patient, do my medical work, a separate team is going to be there to do some extrication, pull your patient, and then begin transport stuff, this might be a great backpack, right? Yep. It might be fantastic for you. But for people like Mike and I, where, and I like to refer to us as uh, full spectrum responders, like we have to be prepared for just about any contingency that it could occur in our response area, which could be anything from a campground, lodges, basically like a hotel, visitor centers, and deep in the backcountry, right? To include technical rescue work. So we have to have a backpack that'll accommodate being able to do all of these things. And the rats, while it's a great pack, it only is a medical pack. Yeah. Now, the next one is probably almost next to the, the Conterra ALS Extreme. It's probably the, the only one that's going to even get close to being able to do all of the things. And that's the North American Rescue Multi-Mission Pack. It's a very large backpack, right? It is, yep. I don't know, it's something like 3,000 cube, give or take. It's pretty big. It's designed similarly to a lot of other trauma design. And again, this was built initially for the military. Does have some ability for you to put personal gear into it, but not necessarily a lot of it. It doesn't have an ability to expand beyond what already exists with it. Right. So if you had to add additional warming layers, you had to add tech rescue gear, et cetera, you have to find a way to strap that to the outside. And we've already kind of talked why we don't really like to do that. Is it a good backpack? Oh yeah, it's a really good backpack. How does it carry? I don't know. I've played with one. I've used it a couple of times in some training stuff, but I've never had to carry it over a significant distance. I don't know what it's like if you had to carry it for a few miles in rough terrain. It's, it's built fairly well, so it might be okay. I don't know that for sure, but it is, it is an extremely pricey bag for a backpack. It is. Yeah. So if you're buying those, you've got some, you've got some money laying around, which, you know, some folks do. Yeah. I mean, a lot of agencies buy these. Uh, I know one in particular that does. Yep. And I guess a lot of their providers really like the bag. And it, again, if this bag works for you, absolutely keep on keeping on. Right. Yeah. And this brings us back. Right. So there's a lot of other bags that are out there. A lot of them especially the military design ones, they're built primarily, like 99% of them for trauma. They're organized for trauma. That doesn't mean you can't reorganize them for our purposes, civilian SAR, to put, we'll call it medical gear inside it. Like they're not really carrying a BVM inside of it. Even the collapsible small ones that we carry that come in the little plastic containers, the expandables, it's really fluids and bleeding control. That's what's in there. They might have a fold-up litter that stuffs in a back pocket, et cetera. But, so they don't have a lot of space, and that's because so they can stay compact, thin, and light on that combat medic's back. 
And again, it's, it's talking about using that in an environment where additional resources are going to be available really relatively soon, whether that's a helicopter or another vehicle. I've looked at trying to get some of those, playing with the modularity, because most are small enough that you could slide them inside my main backpack, and then I could pull that out and put that on as a backpack and continue to go. But it is what it is. But then again, with those, they are backpacks, but anything extra, you have to strap to the outside. Yeah. And with most of those, there's a, a very, very finite limit to what you could realistically put on the outside. And it, it comes down to maybe an outer layer and some extra insulation stuff. There's no place to put water. Some have like a hydration bladder reservoir kind of pocket, but that eats up, starts to eat up into their modular equipment carry space as well. So you got to be careful there. So there are a lot of straight up backpacks designed for medical. It's just the problem is, and this is where we're going to start talking about the pros and cons of all of these, not necessarily individuals is if I'm using that big Conterra pack, wherever I go to access my patient and treat my patient, that entire giant backpack has to come with me. Yeah, it's coming along for the ride. Or I have to take individual little pouches. And if I have to do that on rope, if I don't bring another small bag to put those in, then I have to carry them by hand somewhere. And that might not be a very feasible option. And that's their biggest con, in my opinion, is no matter where you go to treat your patient, you must have the whole backpack with you. If I could engineer, and maybe someday I will, I won't, but I'm going to say someday I will. If I could get a medical bag, that was built into the outside of a bucket that was removable with like Velcro or, or straps. That would kind of be my gold standard. You know, one of these smaller clamshell style medical bags with mm-hmm. maybe just a sling strap on it that would go on the outside. That's, that's purpose built to go on the outside of a bucket style bag that allows me to put a rope in it. And that's, that is a benefit of the bucket style bags. I use it often as a rope bag. So <laughs> I will pull my other stuff out and then my rope is in the bottom of it. The ability to grab my medical gear and take that with me on rope after I got my harness on and I build the anchors and then the rest of my personal equipment can kind of stay topside for the purpose of the extrication. But I have not found anything that meets that exact mission set. So we just keep searching and buying and shopping. Yeah. And uh, someday we'll land on something perfect and we'll probably send a note to all of you and do a podcast about the perfect bag we've ever found. But <laughs> so far they don't exist. So we I will trying. probably retire from Wilderness EMS before that happens. Yeah, more than likely. Um, I will say Um, that probably the only caveat or the only, so as far as manufacturers who are making anything even remotely close to that right now would probably be like Hill People Gear. Yeah. They make a couple of backpacks. That's what I'm using, a Hill People Gear bag. And that's what Mike's current backpack is, is made by Hill People Gear. So they have a couple of bags that have some, and theirs are really designed, they're very popular with the military, but they were designed around backcountry hunters, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of their kit which is why they also make them in subdued colors and things like that. But they have a couple of packs that are designed for you to be able to strap things to the outside of. It's just some of the things will get funny when you start doing that. Cause when you're talking about carrying a backpack and you start to stack weight going backwards from you, it wants to pull you backwards vice proper loading of a backpack where things kind of try to stay vertical on your back, which is why you got to kind of watch when you start doing things like that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there there are some options out there if you guys if you got the money and time and you want to experiment with those things and then by all means, Lord knows we spend a lot of time working on those things. Yeah, I'm really going to try and just stick with what I got now. All right, so that's pretty much the discussion for medical specific backpacks. So now we're going to talk about the medical bag, right? The standalone bag that you can place inside of other backpacks. 
that's going to carry your kit. So again, one of the good things about these is they can be used as a standalone response bag, right? So if you know you're responding in pickup truck, a Tahoe, an SUV, or UTV something with mm-hmm. your backpack on because you're anticipating going down trail, and then you find that, oh, they're just right there, I no longer have to just take my whole backpack. I can just grab my modular medical kit out of the backpack, strap it on with whatever, hopefully it has something, not just a set of handles. And then you can make your way to your patient and start doing work without having to take the full backpack with you. So it can be its own standalone response bag. Uh, uh, it's the best I've found so far. Yeah, and that's personally, that's it's what I'm going to work with probably for the rest of my time doing this. I It enrages me the way it folds open. And I feel like I have to have plenty of space to lay it out, but I found nothing better and we'll probably stick with it for quite some time. Yeah. So a few of our favorites and we've, I've gone through most of these, right? So first spear, the multi-purpose pack. Again, this was initially designed as a medical backpack, as a trauma bag for people. This is almost as close as it can get to, in my opinion, the perfect medical bag as a moduled kit. Mm -hmm. If it was... So it's kind of got a bullet shape to it. So the top tapers up a bit. If it had kept its same, like if that bottom pouch was the exact same as the top pouch, or the, yeah, the top pouch was the exact same as the bottom. So it was like a big rectangle vice, that bullet shape kind of kind of tapers up into a conical size. That's still the bag I would carry. Yep. It's only because it runs out of a little bit of room to fit all of the kit. Now, if this was just a standalone trauma bag and it was only worried about trauma stuff, absolutely perfect, right? Perfect. It's, yep. It's you can wear it as a backpack. You can put a hydration bladder in it. It's rear sleeve, doesn't take up space within the other component pouches. Mine got filled with Sam splints because they fit in there nicely. Tight um, roll. Yeah. I mean, you can have your fluids and IV stuff in one pouch, basic trauma stuff, airway, et cetera, right? The trick came in when you're trying to put in blood pressure cuffs, stethoscope, glucometers, pulse ox, things like that. All those medical assessment things that we have to carry that aren't necessarily required of the combat medic, right? Right. You start to lose space really quick with that. But it's a great, great backpack. I still have mine. I refuse to get rid of it just because I like it as a bag in general as well. Yep, I love mine too. So then, as Mike mentioned before, the next set that we've probably gone through the most, and I probably have... Every, well, I know I have every one of the ones we're going to talk about, plus a couple more. Again, made by Conterra, just because they make these for that public service rescue community. So they've got the Conterra, the Pro Organizer, which is, and it comes, the Pro Organizer is the larger one, but they make a slightly smaller one. This is perfect for a small BLS level kit that primarily focuses on just like on trauma, right? You'll be able to fit some simple OTC meds in there. You're not going to fit like a blood pressure cuff or a stethoscope inside of it, but you have plenty of basic kit for a standard, we'll call it a BLS type first aid kit. It's very good, opens up, easily modular. They're good, right? So if that fits your need, absolutely. That's what I I have one in my truck. That's my truck just in my car all the time, first aid kit. I carry one just for my family hiking first aid kit. I'm a fan, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Then they make the Infinity Expedition Modular Medical Organizer. Sounds really cool. This was my very favorite kit for a very long time because I get it uses basically Velcro little pouches that are see-through so you can see what's inside of them. I used a label maker and they were all labeled, you know, trauma, ortho, assessment, right? And I will say when back when we were 
Mike and I have been at this long before we became paramedics, right? So when I was still a BLS provider, this bag was was phenomenal. It was perfect. It carried everything I needed. But then as we upped our skill levels over the years, I essentially outgrew it because there's nowhere mm-hmm. for me now to put all the rest of the meds I carry, advanced airway type things, et cetera, inside of it. It is still one of my absolute favorite medical bags. You can, because of the way they set it up with the, their Velcro system, different pouches, if you're a BLS provider, essentially, this, this is a fantastic bag. Um, very modular. You can organize it very well. It's a good option. It can be worn as a fanny pack, uh, or you could sling it over your shoulder, whatever the case may be. And it's relatively small. Now, the one Mike was talking about that he doesn't like, that I've currently found that I do like, is the <laughs> Infinity Pro modular, right? And so this one, and again, we'll post a bunch of pictures on social media and stuff. If you remember, or anybody that's out there, the old military trifold, medic bags. This is kind of what this thing is based off of. And so I have found that, again, you can wear this as a waist pack, fanny pack, whatever, sling it over shoulder, etc. This is considerably larger than the, the Expedition version. There's only one modular area where you can use like their little Velcro attachment system. And that's the very back panel. To me, that's not a big deal. What I do like about this one, though, is so when you flip it open and I open that thing up, one pouch, I unzip it and it's all fluids and IV access, med administration stuff. If I don't need any of that stuff, I just keep that pouch zipped closed. The other one is trauma and ortho type things, right? It's all bandaging, wound management. The backside for me is airway, right? It fits all of my airway supplies to include the compact BVM. I do have one eye gel in there right now. I'm kind of playing with whether I'm going to keep it in there or not. Why one? Well, most of our patients are your pretty standard adult-sized patients. So I have your standard adult-sized human eye gel in there that we're carrying. Plus a small assortment, NPAs, OPAs, just because you never know. Sometimes that might be the only thing you have that will work. And then because the way it's set up, I also have a very small clipboard in there that's got like patient notes. So basically like a small paper version of a PCR where I can start recording vitals and information or somebody else with me can do so. It fits my stethoscope, blood pressure cuff, all those diagnostic stuff. Easy, no issues. This is, I like it because it's modular. It holds everything I need. Plus, it's actually a little bigger than what I need, but that also allows me to add a couple of things if I think I need to. So if we got word, like maybe, like Mike said before, sometimes we get split up. We don't always get to stay as partners. And on the way in, I'm hearing, oh, there might now be two patients. I can add some more stuff to my kit. Right. Yep. So if I think, because basically I'm set up for handling a couple of minor patients or one really bad patient, just because you can't bring it all in the backcountry. So you have to kind of prioritize. So now if I know I have a good potential for two mid to bad patients, it's like, well, all right. So I stuff extra whatever I think I might need into it. It'll accommodate it up to a certain level. Like it won't take a full double load out, but I can get some extra kit inside of it to include my little, my little medications bag that's got my narcotic, my narcotics and other meds in it that can get tossed right in there. I like it. Again, this is one of those areas that... There are a lot. Well, actually, this is an area there's not a lot of options as compared no, to packs. I was just going to say that this is the one place where there aren't a ton of things out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, a lot of people try to make various backpack pullout medical modules. For a while, I was playing like actually Camelback made it. Yeah, because when the Camelback had a government contract for their like three day assault type pack, this was a module that was supposed to fit in the back of that for medics, and it was sized to fit in that particular backpack. But you could pull it out and fold it open or hang it and you could organize things. But again, it was set up primarily for trauma, which not a bad thing. It's what it was made for. 
and you had access to things across, I think I had four separate pouches. Two were removable. Uh, one was designed as an airway pouch. The other is, uh, we'll call it IV access and trauma type pouch. And the rest were just, and those were able to be removed via Velcro. And the other ones were just sewn in mesh pouches that you could just stuff gauze and whatever else you might need inside of. Not a bad setup. I found it to be a little bulky for certain things. It probably fit in this current backpack of mine much easier. If I still have that thing laying around, I might actually play with it, see how it works. Give it a shot. But uh, I don't know. We'll see how it works. We'll see. So the trick is, and that's kind of why I own all of the Conteras, because they're one of the few companies that makes these smaller bags. Like they make straight up fanny pack response bags for a lot of them were made for like ski patrollers Yep, and stuff. And that, I have their larger sized one, which it's not quite as user friendly as as the other one I use as my primary bag. But I can, has a little bottom zip compartment that I can put a full bag of fluid and all my access and med administration stuff into. So I know where all that's at all the time and you open up the main big compartment. And this is one of those ones where there's some organizational capacity to it, but it's where there's just a lot of stuff jumbled into a couple of organizational pockets on the inside. You got to know what you're looking for and where it's at in your gear. But yeah, there's not a lot of medical bag options in the small size made to go inside of backpacks for other people, right? So if you look at the regular, we'll say civilian urban EMS bags, even their small bags are not designed for this purpose, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're designed to work with an ambulance-based crew, you know, a single hand carry handle and organized to be accessed from a, a top-only zipper, where if you turn it on its side, everything is just going to spill out, et cetera. So there are bags out there that might work for you, but this is one of those areas. This is why I, I literally have probably almost every one of the Conterra medical bags. I think you might own every one of them, Sean. All but a couple. Well, I don't own their backpacks. Well, I own the one small backpack, the day pack size one. They make good stuff. I like all of their stuff. It's just... Yeah, it's... I have used Conterra gear for a long time in other arenas, and it works great. It just so happens that... And it's quite possible that you and I have a relatively unique mission set as compared to 99% of our listeners. I think there is a certain level of truth to that in that we're doing the extended care, but operating alone. We're not coming as a team all the time. That sort of stuff that is not the same as a lot of team-based response organizations. Ah. Uh, but it's the, the Conterra. The Conterra kit is great. It's just like there's always just one little nugget that I yeah. can't quite no. work through, whether the bag is a little too small or there isn't like the one extra pocket I need for that, you know, that one 250cc bag of fluid I need to carry for mixing drips or something, right? Yeah. There's always just this one little nugget that I struggle with. No, and that is... Uh... And for our listeners, if you remember back when we had the interview with David Pfeiffer, that was the exact same complaint he had that we talked about with him is a lot of people get close. They're just, it's just not quite there yet, right? There's a lot of great bags that are purpose-built for the military and the combat medic role that are phenomenal, great bags. And if that was my gig, I wouldn't be having this conversation, right? Because I'd have a bag that met my needs because there's a lot of those out there. But as a wilderness EMS provider that needs more than just a good first aid kit. Yeah, there's just, even as much as I love the Conterra bags and the one I carry now is right now my favorite. And it's, and to be honest, it's my favorite because it's the only one that's currently meeting my needs. Are there things that could be better with it? Absolutely. But given the selection of, of other bags that are out there, this, this is for me. Now, this is me personally. This is the best option for me. You have one. You don't like it as much as I do. Right. Um, you love it. I'm, I'm on the fence. Yeah. See, for your own reasons. And again, that's why 
like, I don't know how many times we're going to mention, but you know, all this stuff is very personal. The only reason Mike probably really owns one is kind of goes back to that uniformity piece. Mm -hmm. So when we are together and Mike pulls out my bag, like say in that instance where he was bringing the tech rescue kit and I was bringing the med stuff, he knows where to go inside my med bag to get things, right? Yep. So if he's setting up ropes, he's doing rigging and I'm maybe primary patient care, we get down, we get access to the patient. He didn't bring his med kit, so he's working out of mine. So if we have the same kit and it's set up the same way, then we know where everything's at and we can access the stuff without yeah, having to do that yard sale of throw things around in the dirt, trying to figure yep. out where in God's name is your pulse ox. Well, it's in the pouch right there next to the blood pressure cuff and everything else. Yep, or that's exactly why stuff, right? I so, tried to standardize, right? We were both carrying the first beer bags. Those were great. Yep. When we moved away from them, I decided to just simply match the equipment you were carrying. I haven't found anything better. If I found something that blew my doors off, I'd be like, oh, well, I'm going to this. Yeah. But currently it, it works. And... I can work through the nuances. It allows us a level of flexibility in providing good patient care. And so I stick with it. Yeah. So it is. And neither he nor I, like we've mentioned, have found the unicorn, that one perfect backpack or med bag or combination of the two that just does it all just right. That's why I've gone through, just like Mike has gone through jackets and some other stuff. I've gone through a number of backpacks over the last few years from different manufacturers, from straight up civilian backpacking style to military style back again. I'm just always on the hunt for the one that I think is going to get it done. I think this one finally had to pull trigger and yeah, it's not cheap, but I bought it. I think it's what's, what is going to get it done for me overall for the vast majority of our missions. It's fairly comfortable. It's certainly big enough. I don't know that I'm going to find anything better, so I'm probably not going to buy anything else again. Until this thing breaks. Um, yeah, you're pretty old, so you don't have a whole lot of years left doing this. So. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks. Um, bag. Um, so, yeah, and then same thing with the medical bag, right? It's because I like having the modular medical bag that I can pull out of my kit and take just it if I think that's what I need. And Mike and I have both been on a couple of missions where we knew we parked at the top of a trail and I knew where I was going. It was on trail. You knew for a fact you weren't going to be having to stay the night. So I just grabbed my medical bag and I just sling that on, maybe grab one extra layer to go with me and off trail I went or down trail, mm -hmm. right? Down trail. Got to my patient, bandage him up, did whatever it was going to do and walk with them back to the trailhead and send them on their way, right? But I can't do that if I have, if I'm carrying like, well, the rats wouldn't be so bad because it'd be just med gear. But if I'm carrying like the, the North American rescue one, right? It's a big, beautiful modular bag. But the problem is, is I have to take the whole bag with me. It does technically the bottom pouch can zip off and function as a standalone, basically fanny pack kind of thing. But that's where a lot of guys end up stuffing their personal kit is inside of that thing, because there's not a lot of room for it anywhere else. So unless you're going to leave that empty and be able to pull the pouches you need from the inside, and stuff them inside that and then go down trail, you're, you're stuck having to take the entire backpack with you. Yep. Which is why Mike and I have ended up like in the modular capacity of being able to pull out just that piece of kit and take it with us. And again, we'll go back to one of the great and daring rescues we had last year where we were on rope having to provide care and staged our backpacks up in a different spot and did not have to go on rope down to the patient with full-size backpacks. We only brought that kit, which we needed to provide care. 
And it made it so much easier, especially when the helicopter's suddenly coming in and everything else. I don't have multiple backpacks that have to be tied in somewhere so they don't go tumbling off the side of the mountain that we were on or get blown away, et cetera. Right. So there are a lot of benefits to working in the modular system, just like there are if you carry it all in one good backpack. I mean, I wish I could, but for where Mike and I respond, it just it doesn't work for us. Doesn't work. It is what it is. Doesn't work. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that is what it is. I think we've already covered a lot of the various pros and cons, why we like certain bags, why we don't like certain bags, why we carry modular kit the way we do. You know, like again with that North American rescue bag, good bag. But if I'm thinking I'm gonna have to bivouac overnight, it's one of those yard sale situations where I've got to start trying to strap everything to the outside of it. Yeah. Uh, and again, I don't know how it carries. It might carry fine. It might be a little uncomfortable when you weight it down that way. But whereas right now, I know I can put my stove, my lightweight sleeping bag, baby sack, a tarp, et cetera, in my backpack, take it, get to the patient, build shelter for them, get them out of the elements, get them taken care of, and still have my kit and not just a very small amount. And this is, again, depending on your response environment, Mike and I are often single resource responders to some of these patients, meaning nobody else is coming. It might be he and I, if there's just the one mission going, it might just be one of us. We don't embed every time we go out to a call out with other search and rescue assets. Correct. They may not be available. It might really just be the two of us or one of us. And that's why we have to have the ability, like I have to, if I think if I'm going alone or I might be while they're waiting on other responders to come in, because we're already in many cases closer to the patient, we're going to be the first ones on scene. And if I have to wait another hour for somebody to show up with a rope to get access to the patient, I've wasted an hour of patient care time, which is why if you get the word that, hey, they've taken a fall and this is where they're at, I have to grab my tech rescue module. It's got my harness. It's got a length of rope, some equipment for building an anchor, and then I can get there. Yep, there they are. Set up my anchor, get my rope over the edge and get down to the patient, at least get patient access and begin care. Whereas if I'm having to wait another hour, maybe more for additional resources to arrive and bring that with them it could prove very detrimental to patients depending yeah. on the situation. So that's exactly which is again, why Mike and I have to be able to carry all of the stuff. All the whenever. things. Yeah. And it's people laugh the first time they come up, like we've had several ride alongs come with us and is we often stage out of where the ambulance is at. And if we're the primary crew, we also have the ambulance with us and that ambulance will have giant bag because Mike's also a tech rescue whore. Like I have a lot of rescue bags and stuff. Mike has a, and I have a fair collection of tech rescue stuff. Mike makes me look. I got a bag or two here or there. Yeah. Right. So we have a full sized tech rescue kit basically with us plus our backcountry response bags and a change of boots for those backcountry boots and some other things. And people look inside that. I was like, Oh my God. It's like, what? We've got to have this. Right. A lot of times we'll have to drive that ambulance to the trailhead. It gets parked and then off we go back country, right? There's not always, yep. we don't always get like one of the other vehicles that's taken us somewhere. So being yeah, able to carry a lot of stuff, sometimes there's room for patients. Yeah, occasionally. So, all right. Any other thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think just wrapping up some of the high points again, just like any of your other personal kit, you've got to do your research. You've got to test it out. You've got to see what works, what doesn't work. And you've got to not be afraid to switch stuff out. Now, if you work for an agency where it's like, this is your kit and you don't get a choice in what you're carrying, well, so be it. 
try to configure it to the best you can to make it work for you, but you've got to learn how to use it and make it work for you. Yeah, and, I mean, at the end of the day, there's no one size fits all that we've ever found. If no. you if you have questions about particular equipment, if you want to know what backpacks we're carrying or what backpacks we have carried, if you want to know about anything we're doing, we're happy to engage with you on social media. We're explicitly not outlining the whole nine yards here. That could take a week to do that podcast. Yeah, um, yeah. But there's been a lot of feedback from people wanting to know what do we use? And I think that speaks more to the fact that there is no panacea. There's no golden solve. We've gotten a lot of emails. People are saying, well, what equipment do you use? I haven't found a thing I like. That, we haven't either. Um, <laughs> we're happy to have the conversation about what you are using, what the pros and cons are. If there's a specific vendor or a product that you want an opinion on, we'll let you know if we've, we've used it before. I'm not holding anything back. We're not sponsored by anybody. Stuff that works well, stuff that doesn't work well. It, it's all mission yeah. specific. Something that doesn't work for us could be awesome for somebody else. Wait, did I say that wrong? Something that works well for us could be horrible for somebody. There you go. Or something that's awesome for somebody else could be something I don't really like. Hell, between Sean and I, we use different equipment because I don't love some of the things he likes and I'm, <laughs> he doesn't like some of the things I love. So there is no panacea. If somebody was looking for a panacea, I'm sorry to break your heart, but I have not found a gold standard of awesome yet. So I guess it just kind of is what it is. Nor will we ever. Yeah, probably never and that's, will. And again, I think that's part of the problem, right? Is manufacturers, like they're like those manufacturers that they try to build what they think is going to work best and they kind of got to build for they've got to have a target audience in mind right when they go to build it that's how you make a product you can't spend a, a and, three month six month eight month period building a thing that only three people are going to buy it just well, doesn't that, work that way exactly right so it's like could conterra take one of its existing backpacks modify it to meet our needs sure but if they're only going to sell a hundred of that yeah it's not worth units it. yeah is it worth their time and effort and product development and design and evaluation no not at all right so they build to we'll say a generic user set and for some people those are perfect right they work absolutely as designed you know it's a really good setup but then you have those unique situations like mike or i and probably some others out there right that it's it's close it's real real close it's just not quite there yet it's not quite going to get there not going to get you over the line yeah, and me asking you to add, like Mike said, like, why couldn't you add just one more pouch with a zipper? It's like, well, I mean, we could, but no. It's like, yeah. I mean, I get it, right? So it is what well, it is. Well, then Rescue is a niche. It really is, right? It's not, uh, we don't have the juice and the volume that, say, the special operations community does to go get custom gear made for a mission set. It just is. And if I had a large budget and said, I wanted to buy 2,000 of these things, but you're going to make them like this. You know, yeah, people they, go they like, oh, sure, make them. You've, we'll do if that. If you get all of the wilderness rescue organizations together across the country, we could maybe get three or 4,000 of a, a particular thing made. But that would be I about bet, it. I bet we couldn't get that many. You don't think? I'm saying maybe 1,000. Think about that. All right. I mean, well, yeah. realistically, if you think yeah, about... Probably. Yeah. So. All right, man. I think we put this one in the bag. Again, yeah. Look forward to uh, the social media. There may or may not be depending on how motivated I am at the time, probably a couple days worth of posts highlighting a bunch of this kit as these things come out. Some of this stuff might be delayed. So I'd like to get pictures of some of Mike's kit as well to add to the mix, not just everything of mine. I'll bring so a truck can, full. <laughs> so Mike and I will be together here on duty in a couple of weeks. Um, probably the first episodes will have aired before you see a lot of the stuff that might be a mixed bag, but you're going to, we're definitely going to try and show you some pictures. I'll show you a little bit of how some of my stuff's organized. And again, if you've got any questions, feel free to hit us up. We'd love to uh, interact and provide any sort of 
feedback, answer questions, whatever you may have. Sounds good. All right. Later. If you have any questions or comments or ideas for show topics, you can send us an email at the show at emsonthemountain.com or hit us up on social media. We can be found on Facebook and Instagram at EMS on the Mountain, Twitter at EMS OTM, or you can engage with us and a whole community of wilderness EMS professionals at locals.com slash wilderness EMS. Until the next episode, thanks for joining us. And until we see you on the mountain, train hard, be safe, and do good work.